Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling, and I'm happy to be with you this week to talk about a topic that we have touched on occasionally over the years, and I thought it was worthwhile coming back and taking another look at it, and that is the double-double. And I don't mean the burger, for those of you that are familiar with the In-N-Out Burger franchise uh, chain out West, uh, we're talking about the investment strategy. How do you take a dollar and turn it into $4 in a multifamily real estate investment or 100,000 into 400,000 or half a million and turn it into 2 million? Well, you do that by doubling it and then doubling it again, which is an extremely reasonable and achievable investment goal, especially in multifamily real estate. And that's what we're going to talk about this week. As always, if you have any questions, please feel free to shoot me an email, pat at marapoling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. And with that, let's go ahead and dive in. So, you may have uh, either participated in some of the webinars we've done in the past or gone back and watched some of the old uh, content we have on the Multifamily Real Estate channel at the Learning Center or listened to some of our older podcasts about growing wealth over time. And that's what the double-double strategy is. The idea is to take a defined period of time. This is not a 30-year plan or a 50-year plan. This is roughly 10, maybe 12 years, uh, possibly shorter, in which you can make smart investments, double your money, and then double it again. Now, I'll say it, but it goes without saying, right? There's risk involved in everything. None of this is guaranteed. This is simply a strategy that can be used if you are looking to make an equity growth investment, not, not looking for a balanced return. You're not looking for cash flow, at least for these particular dollars, right? If you've got money that you can confidently say, I don't need these dollars for the next 10 to 12 years, and I want to grow them. And I want to grow them in a smart way, in a tax efficient way. And if I could double them and then double them again, that would be a really successful investment. Then this is something that I would encourage you to take a look at. And if it makes sense for you, we've got a couple ideas about how you could go about putting a plan in place for yourself to do that. Maybe that's something that makes sense for you. All right. So first off, let's start with just a little more definition of what is the double-double. So this is doubling your investment once and then doubling it again. The idea is to do it in a way in which we minimize the tax exposure. Now, we're saying doubling it and then doubling it again with the expectation that that then means actually exiting that investment and paying tax. So this isn't tax avoidance. This isn't, I'm never gonna pay the tax. This is simply, let's pay the tax in 10 or 12 years when we get out as opposed to paying the tax along the way. That allows us to keep those dollars that would have gone to pay tax, to keep them working for us, so that when we get to the end of the time frame and we do pay the tax, there's actually more proceeds left over 
And we actually pay more tax. The government makes up because we've done better. And because we do better, there's more tax that has to be paid. So it's a win-win-win all the way around. And to do that in a manner that is still safe and secure, that still uses the same conservative methodology that we espouse, with the idea that we're trying to do this quickly. So we want to design this in such a way that we aren't taking 15 years to do this or 20 years to do this, but we're doing it in a shorter period of time, 12 years, 10 years, maybe even less. So who would this be for? Well, one of the things I already mentioned is this is if someone is not looking for cash return on the dollars that we're talking about. And that's an important distinction to make. Investors are not uh, cut from one piece of cloth, right? Every dollar you have isn't the same as every other dollar. Uh, you have multiple investment hats that you wear. You have investments that you are making that are long-term in nature, that are extremely conservative and very much about simply protecting your, your investment. You have others that are more speculative in nature, where you're trying to make a significant return in a very short period of time. Others that may be oriented towards generating cash on a stable basis so that that can support your ongoing uh, lifestyle and cover expenses. And you may have other dollars that you don't need to be investing long term. You're not thinking 30 years with them but you don't necessarily need them right now today. And you don't need them to throw off much in the way of cash, if anything. That's the kind of dollars that would fit into this double-double strategy. So you don't need cash now. The other is a time horizon of, I would say, 10 to 12 years. Now, I think it's very, very reasonable to think that you could achieve 10 years and or less, um, but I think you would want to be thinking 10 to 12 years for a time frame for this to work. So dollars that you don't need a cash return on and a 10-year time horizon. So if that's something that could work or that might fit in your investment portfolio, then the double-double might be something you'd want to take a look at. So let's talk about how it actually works. Uh, and obviously, this I can't go into enormous amounts of detail. Uh, if, if there's a lot of interest in this, and please, if you have... Uh, questions, or if you have interest in learning more about this, uh, shoot me an email with your questions. And uh, maybe we'll put together either a more detailed session or a series, or maybe we'll do a webinar or something else to go into some more detail about this. So where it would start is this, is with an initial investment. Now, I'm going to use a half a million dollars uh, simply because it's a, it's a nice round kind of number. And it's a number conceivably uh, that I might be able to do something with. Um, if you've got $50,000 that you're looking to place, you could absolutely do this. It may or may not be something I could help you with, but it absolutely works. So the, the math is scalable on all this. So I'm using half a million, scale it up, scale it down, however you'd like. Um, the idea is the same. So a half million dollars in today's environment is going to purchase about a $1 million property or $1 million of a tick property, right? So if I were to buy a $10 million property uh, and I had uh, 10 people that each gave me half a million dollars, they'd each own a $1 million share of that property through a, a tick, through a tenants in common structure. So whichever way it is, 
buying an asset on your own or buying with some other people in a tick uh, or some other structure that would be appropriate uh, could be done. The reason it's that roughly double, and this is not part of the double double, this is simply 500,000 gets you a million is because of loan to values. Right now, loan to values are pretty modest. I'm using something in the neighborhood of a high 50 to maybe 60% loan to value in this kind of an estimate. Um, were rates to move in uh, a more favorable direction over time that you might be able to get a million one in property for a $500,000 investment. Capital improvements, all those other things begin to factor into it as well. But generally speaking, we're just going to use this simple number. You put a half million in and that buys you a $1 million piece of property. Now we're going to design this investment for growth. We talked a few weeks ago about different ways you could design projects. And one of them was to design for equity growth. The primary vehicle for that is the management of the cash flow. The property is going to generate cash. They all do, whether we want them to generate cash or not. In this particular instance, we don't need the cash. We're not going to distribute it and take cash return, but it's going to generate cash anyway. So what do we do with that cash? Well, what we do with it is we use it to fund the capital program. So that original half million dollars we put in, there were some dollars in there to go towards capital work, maybe some immediate improvements, maybe just to kind of kickstart the first 90 to 120 days of capital improvements. But that was it. So kind of thin on the capital side. That's because the capital comes from the cash. So as the asset begins to generate cash flow, those dollars are directed into capital projects. They're not distributed to the investor. If you're doing this on your own, you're not taking that cash that you're earning every month and spending it. You're taking it and investing it back in the property with an ongoing program to make improvements. Improvements that will drive rents, that will improve net rental income, that will improve NOI, that will increase the value of the asset and so on. You can do that for a period of time, 18, 24, maybe even 30 months. At some point in time though, there's not gonna be anything left to do, at least anything left that will be worth executing that strategy on. And it will begin to make sense to do something else with that cash. Now it could be distributed, right? It could go to investors, to, the, to you who wrote the $500,000 check, but if we do that, we create a potential challenge for ourselves, And that is, remember, we want to double the money and then we want to double it again, which means we're going to sell the first asset at some point in time and replace it with a second asset. And that's going to be done using a 1031. Now, when we execute a 1031, there is a portion of the costs of that transaction, in particular, the acquisition of the new asset and the uh, creation of the reserve accounts and other items that are not quote unquote 1031 deductible. We need cash to do those. So what we start doing is the cash that's generated starting in year three and in the year four and on into however long we're going to hold it, 
that cash is simply set aside. So if I had made a $500,000 investment, I might, by the time it's ready to sell, have $100,000, $120,000, $140,000 in cash that's built up simply sitting in the bank. Now we do the 1031. We sell that asset probably somewhere around a million six, maybe a little more than that. Um, the specifics of each deal would be a little different, but enough that you would get that doubling. And that doubling comes from not only the money you'd get out of that deal. If you sold it a million six, maybe you'd get 900,000 in cash. But remember, you've got some cash as well sitting there in the bank, 100,000 or more. So that gets you to the million, right? So our 500,000 has now become a million. And then we simply do it again. And because we're using a 1031 model, we're not stopping to pay tax. If we were stopping to pay tax, we'd be paying tax on at least the $500,000 in gain. Now it's also possible if we have used some of the losses that were generated along the way, it's also possible that we'd have some additional tax that we'd be exposed to. So. 100,000, 150,000, $200,000, all depends on where you live in the United States, how much tax you're going to pay, but suddenly we don't have a million anymore. We only have 900,000 or 850 or $800,000. That's one of the beauties of investing in real estate is unlike stocks where we sell and then buy again, but have to pay tax in the middle. Here we can sell and buy a new asset and we don't have to pay that tax. Not yet. So now that money rolls over and now we have a million dollars that helps us purchase a $2 million property or $2 million worth of a, of a tick. And again, we're designed for equity growth. So the cash for the first 24 months. So this is maybe years six and seven of this investment, of this overall investment. Uh, those dollars are going into the property to improve the asset and drive the value over time. But then we'll get to a place where we're done doing those improvements. And now what do we do with that cash? And, and this is where you there's a fork in the road. Um, there's an old joke about that, but we won't go there. Uh, but there's a fork in the road. On a double-double strategy, the way I'm laying it out, the clear path would be start distributing that cash. We're not going to do a 1031. This was part of the value of this strategy is it's a defined period of time. It's I'm going to double my money over a 10 to maybe 12 year time frame, And I want to do that. And then I'm going to get out and I'm going to go do something else with those, with those funds. That's the strategy. Well, if that's the strategy, then we don't need to hoard that cash. We can distribute it. So that cash gets distributed. My guess is it's a few hundred thousand dollars, 200, $300,000 $300, that gets generated, that gets distributed. And then we get to that exit event. This now exit happens maybe around 3.2 million, something like that. The net is about a million eight, maybe a million seven, something in that range, plus the cash that we talked about. And now you're at the $2 million mark. So we took a $500,000 original investment and through two investments, a, a first generation asset that was then sold and 1031 into a second generation asset that was then sold with the 
profits being harvested, that 500,000 became 2 million. So that's a $1.5 million gain on a $500,000 investment. So a 300% return. Now let's talk about timing. 10 years, I'd say is probably a reasonable time frame to do this. Now, that would mean you're looking at an average annual return on each individual deal of 20% because you'd be looking at doubling that investment in five years. So the original 500,000 that becomes a million, if that happens in five years, that's 20%. That's a Fairly aggressive, I would say, given the way we invest conservatively, that's a fairly aggressive return profile. And not an unrealistic one if you're structuring this as an equity growth play, because the idea is you're getting more bang for your buck on the purchasing side because you aren't having to front load the capital improvements. They're getting funded from cash flow. And so there's some compounding that gets in there. Maybe it takes a little longer. Maybe it takes six years to do that, right? If it took six years to do that, um, to get that uh, to get that doubling, you'd be looking at about a 16%, 16.5% average annual return in that time frame. Now, this is where the 1031 really comes into play in terms of giving us that extra boost. And that is the fact that we go for the second doubling. So we doubled once got to a million, now we double again to get to 2 million. And when we do that, that 300,000, pardon me, that 300% gain, if it's done in 10 years, is a 30% return, 300% divided by 10. Now, some of you that are playing along at home are gonna say, wait a minute, you said that was a 20% return, and it absolutely is. On the first five years, the 500,000 that becomes a million, it does that in five years, 100% return, five years, 100% divided by five, 20%. And it's 20% for the second five. The million that goes in becomes 2 million. So that's 100% gain. And it does so in five years. That's 20%. But because we're playing with house money, that 2 million, pardon me, the million that we invest we only put a half a million of that in. So we've got gain that's in there. That's what gives us the 30% return. So now what we've done, if we achieve that double-double in 10 years, we've generated a 30% return with the same conservative strategies that we're using normally, right? This is not going out and finding a more aggressive asset. This is simply how we structure the asset and the fact that we're not generating distributable cash until around the eighth year. Until then, the cash is either being reinvested in the asset or sitting in a holding account awaiting the 1031. Well, let's be a little more conservative. Let's say it took six years to do each of the doublings. Again, about a 16.5% return. That's 12 years in total, 300% divided by 12, that's 25%. So even if it took 12 years, and it could take longer, but even if it took 12 years, that's a 25% return. So as I said, who's this for? Someone that doesn't need cash right now, because we're talking about six, seven, eight years of not receiving 
cash distributions and someone that's looking at a 10 to 12 year time horizon for this investment. If that's something that makes sense to you, then you might want to look at investing in this using a double double type of strategy, which brings us to the final question. And that is, okay, so how do I do that? Right. Uh, Pat, I listen every week, love these sessions. I have a lot of fun. I've asked you questions on occasion. I got a question for you. How can I do this? Well, there's two paths that I think everyone would be able to take. Um, the first, and this is absolutely open to everyone, is to be an active investor in an owner-controlled asset. Go go buy a property. Now, as you know, we, we like class B, multifamily. We like 100, 150 unit and above uh, type assets. We like certain markets. There's a lot of things that we include in our investment criteria that may or may not make sense for you or be viable for you. You, you may not be in a position to buy a $20 million asset. Uh, you might be in a position where you're like, well, I've got a hundred thousand I could put into something. Okay, great. Take your hundred thousand dollars and go find an asset that you can purchase. That's a quality property. That's going to be a good, safe, secure investment and design it with the idea in mind that you're not taking any of the cash from that first asset in particular, that the cash that's generated will be used to make improvements and those improvements will drive greater value. Now that is much easier to do in a multi family unit as opposed to single family rentals. So if you're going to do that in single family rentals, that can be a very big challenge because it's hard to make improvements unless you're cycling through tenants and you only get to do that once a year. And you probably don't want to get a brand new tenant every year. That might be more challenging to you economically. But buy a fourplex or go buy an eightplex, uh, buy a couple of triplexes down the street where you've got an opportunity to make some improvements, right? So you want an asset where those capital dollars can be of real value, which leads us to the second path. And that is find a sponsor, find a sponsor who does two things, who designs equity oriented investments like I'm talking and that does so with a longer term time horizon than a typical single asset syndication. There are not many sponsors out there touting syndicated investments that don't generate cash flow. Certainly that don't generate cash flow for five or seven or eight years. But there are sponsors out there that that think this way. Obviously we do uh, and that are capable of doing this and that may have some opportunities available for you. The other is the long-term component. As you can see, if you only do this once, if you just did the double, well, you're not getting the real value you can get out of real estate because that's like investing in a stock and having it double, which is fantastic. And then you turn around, though, to harvest those gains and you have to pay the tax man. In the example we just went through, had we stopped to pay the tax man along the way, we would not be seeing a 25 or a 30% average annual return over that 10 to 12 year time frame. It would absolutely be smaller and significantly smaller because we would have stopped to pay the tax man. 
Interestingly enough, as I said at the beginning, the net tax paid to the government would also be less because the tax is a function of the gain. And if we don't make as much, there's not as much tax that has to be paid. So better for everyone to have this kind of a strategy in play. And it doesn't need to be something that you do in perpetuity. If you're managing this investment yourself, you certainly could do another 1031 and another one and another one. But you wouldn't need to find a sponsor necessarily that wants to do that. Simply looking at being able to generate this kind of return in this time frame is truly something. Uh, if you make a $1.5 million profit, and we'll just do some quick math here. Let's say that you were in a position where you had to pay a 35% uh, tax on that. So in your, you're in one of the higher tax states. So there's not only capital gains, but there's some state tax that's involved. All right, so you pay half a million dollars in tax. You're still walking away with a $1 million gain, right? So that's 200% over 10 years, that's a 20% after tax return. And that's if you live in one of the very high tax states. So if you live in a, a state where there's no uh, personal income tax, so there's no tax exposure on an individual basis at the state level, just the federal, uh, you're talking about a number that's uh, considerably smaller than that. Now you're looking at a, a 22 or a 23 or even a 25% uh, after tax profit on an annual basis over that 10 to, to 12 years. So really significant. If you have questions, I would love to answer them. If you'd like to see more detail on this, like I said, maybe we'll do a webinar if this is a topic that folks find uh, interesting. Uh, shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com and let me know. That's marapolling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. Please join me next week for another episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Polk.